Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you in a crazy-making relationship? Feel anxious, angry, and unsafe? Welcome to Save Your Sanity. Insights, skills, strategies, and inspiration for emerging empowered from toxic relationships and breaking the bonds of emotional abuse. Keep listening. We'll figure a few things out. Always with the chaos. Always with the up in the air. Always the what's going to happen next. Always with the hypervigilance. So tonight, I thought we'd do an episode, or I would do an episode, and share with you 27. Yeah, 27, and of course there's way more. But 27 things that hijackals, narcissists, will do in order to keep chaos, to rule the roost, to keep everybody uncertain, everybody walking on eggshells, or just waiting for them to do something that they know they will do if something happens. You know what I'm talking about. Like if they were, they've got an eye on you, you, just go for it. Just do that one more thing. Do that one more thing and see where it'll get you. You know that? So I wanted to share these things. And they may seem like things that you may have encountered before, but I hope you'll consider them in the sense of these are things that they're purposefully doing. You know, I have 10 episodes of, and I hope you listen to them and listen to them more than once. Hijackals misunderstand you on purpose. Hijackals are all about whataboutism and turning the tables on you. There's so many good episodes. But the tonight, I don't want to talk about just another view of 27 sneaky, nasty ways that hijackals try to create chaos and rule the roost or keep everybody dancing in fear and wondering what's going to happen. And I started to think about the word fracas, you know, a really a kick up, a, a dust up, a, a time when uh, there's a noisy disturbance and a quarrel and everything kind of goes sideways. And, you know, created quite a fracas. And that might be a word that's not usual for you, but it's a word that I'm familiar with and means there's going to be a dust up. And you can feel it coming. So I thought it was useful to look at these words, maybe in a bit different context, different way of paying attention. See if you've caught them in your relationships and see if maybe once hearing about them, you will catch them. So maybe keep a little tally. How many of these are happening right now? How many of them do I need to look for? Because... You know, one thing for sure, a hijackal is always, always tending to be troublesome. 
And that's number one, because they like to know they're in charge. They like to know they can meddle. They like to know they can catch you off guard. They like to know they can push you off your center. They like to know that they can provoke you or prod you or maybe even push you into reactive abuse. I did a whole episode on that. That's where they probe you and provoke you and and <clears throat> try to, to push you with triggers and you don't respond. And then finally you do and you get really angry. And then they say, there, see how horrible you are? <clears throat> and really it's you reacting to their abuse, but you lose it. And therefore they call you out on it. Sneaky, not on this list today, but another sneaky way. So they're tending to be troublesome. You know you're going to have a problem with one. They just don't come in any other flavor. They're all troublesome. And they're all quarrelsome. So there's another reason, another word that describes them, that <clears throat> they have to be right. So therefore, they're going to be quarrelsome. And it can be about the most stupid things, right? Things that don't matter. You know, whether you said you were going at 2.15 or 2.30, does it really matter? But they will quarrel in order to be right. And they will be persistent. But once you stop seeing that this, they're doing this in order to be quarrelsome and it is just their way, then you can let go of some of these things. You can just observe them and say, oh, there goes the time thing again. You knew what time you agreed to. They changed the time. Now they're berating you, and you can let go of it. Because last week's episode was helping you look at things that you could do that would help you keep your cool. Well, there's another one. So another of the 27 things you can count on, a hijackal being irritable. They wake up irritable. They think in irritable terms. They're waiting for something to irritate them, right? They're not looking for the good. They're not looking for what's working. They're looking for what's wrong and what is irritating them. And if something isn't, all of a sudden, it will be the sound of the children playing or the volume of the television or something that's never bothered them before because they have to bring out that word. They're irritable. Number four, they're unruly, meaning that everybody going along with something, they're not going to. Everybody agree to something, they're not going to. They're not going to follow the rules. They are not going to accept the rules. They are not going to even agree there were rules and they will just do what they please and then tell you how wrong you are. And these are ways that keep you on edge, right? They keep you on edge wondering, was I right? Causing you to question your sanity and second guess yourself. That's a really good skill to get back, to stop questioning your sanity. Stop second-guessing yourself. You remember correctly. They're just doing these things 
these sneaky, nasty things in order to have you tote yourself. Now, I also did an episode a couple of months ago on toting yourself. Be sure to listen to that one because they work really hard to push you into a place of doting yourself. And that's that just becomes a daily habit after a while. And I'm encouraging you to say it doesn't have to be. You can step away from it and say, oh, yeah, they're going to gaslight me. They're going to change things. But, you know, when you said we're going to do it at 2.30 on Tuesday, I wrote it down. I showed it to you. You assigned it. Yeah, it was 2.30 on Tuesday. Now we're over that part. Yeah, do they hate that? Yeah, they hate that. But you have to have some ways of letting these people know, these hijackals, as I call them, these nasty people, that they're not going to be able to cause a fracas every time they have a whim to be in charge of the room or to be in charge of the family or to be in charge of the relationship. They just, no, the answer is no. It's not going to happen. So there's a wonderful word that comes from fractious, and it's fractious. Fractious meaning it puts a rupture in the relationship. It just makes everything troublesome and disjointed and not on the same page. (coughs) Excuse me. Didn't expect that to happen tonight. So... uh, Let's look at others, because once you get on a roll and you start to see all the pieces that are here, you want to be really on top of them. So they're easily annoyed or irritated. Um, And you'll notice that they can be the most long-suffering humans when they're putting on a show outside the house. Nothing is too much trouble. Waiting is not too long. They brush things up so they don't matter. But at home, oh boy, they matter. And they're overly annoyed and easily irritated at things that truly don't matter. And that's how you see that they're just trying to, I got this relationship in check. Am I ruling this roost? Am I keeping this place in chaos? Because that's what I want to be doing. I definitely want to know I'm powerful enough to keep it in chaos. Number six is they're prone to picking fights. And you know that's true. Even if they have to look really long and hard to find something to pick a fight about, they will. Have you ever had that feeling? I know you have. When you're coming home to a hijack and your mind starts running through what could be wrong, what is undone, what are they going to complain about, what did I forget, 
what do they want? And you start being under the spell of them creating chaos long before you're even in the room with them. And then they've really got you. Why am I talking about these things? So that you can see them and say no to them. Once you can see them, you have to work it out. You know, when I'm working with my clients, we have to work out what's important, what's not, what to let go of, what's not. Because every every situation of family is a little bit different, but it's so important. Okay, number seven is they make sneaky comments. Sneaky comments, preferably ones that could be read two ways. You know, it could be okay, and it could be really nasty. And if you call them out on it, they say it was okay. And if you don't call them out on it, you know it was meant to be nasty, right? But that's what they're doing. They're trying to create a sense of concern in you, a sense of uncertainty, a sense of chaos. I used to on edge. I'm watching you. And that's nasty. Really nasty. Number eight is they, <clears throat> they're frustratingly stubborn over no good thing, nothing that matters. They'll pick something totally stupid, but they'll be stubborn about it as though it really matters. And it doesn't. Couldn't matter less. But it is something that they will use in order to have power over you or the family. Um, Notice these things. And when I talk about take four healthy steps back so that you're farther back from the relationship, you're not up close and personal, you're further back and you, you can observe from there. Ah, yeah, there they go. They're making snarky comments. They're making, they're just throwing stones just to see if they can make me upset. My choice if I get upset. My choice if I show I'm upset. I'm not going to show I'm upset. Yeah, they'll they'll up the volume. They'll do something else. But at least you didn't run for that one. And you'll be ready for the next one. And these are the ways that you start to get your life back. I did an episode about, you know, make sure that you're you're recognizing the reality and living the reality, not living what you think is the potential. And that's a really important episode. And I don't think enough people have watched it. That you need to realize that if you think you're in relationship with how these people could be, you will be stuck forever. You are in relationship with how they are now. And it's not going to change, except to get worse. So I really want to tuck all these thoughts into your mind tonight so that you realize that these are purposeful things they're doing. So another sneaky way that they have, aside from being frustratingly stubborn, is they're cranky. One minute they're nice, the next minute they're not nice, and you have no way of knowing what caused the nice or not nice. You don't know whether you can approach them. 
or whether you can't approach them. And you're supposed to be a mind reader somehow so that you can figure that all out. And so are the children. Very, very difficult. Very difficult. Or number 10, they're, they're rebellious for no good reason. If you say black is white, they say no is red. You know, just to be awkward, just to be contrary, just to be difficult, just to make you wrong. And they'll just throw that into the mix. You know, you can be having what you think is a, a lovely, quiet, safe evening. And all of a sudden, Cranky raises his head and starts picking at something or picking at a child or picking at a, a behavior because they just simply want to uh, rebel. I'm not going to let this be a nice, quiet time. I am not going to let this be a time when you think all is well because then you will become comfortable. And if you become comfortable, I will lose my ability to have power over you easily and make you tip, make you concerned, make you unsure. And so they do that. Number 11 is they are inclined to cause problems. Now that seems pretty obvious, inclined to cause problems. They seldom decline to cause problems, right? But if you have to stand out, if you have to be right, if you have to be noticed, if you have to be the center of attention, there's always that one kid in the classroom who's going to do something horrendous just because they're bored and they want to show that they can disrupt the entire classroom, right? And it can be the same thing in your living room. There can be that one person who is going to do that on a regular basis because they cannot stand peace and quiet and not feeling in control. Just can't stand it. So in order to feel in control, they have to do something. And they will stir the pot. They will do something nasty. They will cause that fracas. I was talking about. And then they may go on to be what I call number 12, recalcitrant, meaning, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I didn't really do anything, and I'm not sorry. It's all in the way you took it. If you took it that way, that's on you. And they just stamp their clay feet and refuse to apologize, which most hijackals are very, very bad at anyway, very reluctant to apologize, but they get recalcitrant. How dare you think I should apologize for something you did or you took out of context or you were having a bad day? You know what I'm talking about. You know how crazy making that is. You know how that happens. And there is the hijackal, just wanting to have that power to blow something up or to blow it out of proportion at any means, just because they're feeling a little insecure. So they think they'll just let off a firecracker or to let everybody know they're still there. 
very, very sneaky and can be low key, can be high key, but you need to notice for sure. Number 13 is they're testy. They're, they're kind of pleasant, but they're right on the edge of unpleasant. Why do you want to know that? Why are you asking me that? So they don't blow it up, but they're really just on that edge. And so they're, t- like, leave me be. Just leave me alone. And I hope you will when they're testy. Just leave them alone. In fact, you can leave them alone much of the time, particularly every time they do something that you don't care for. You have to twist and shape and bend their behaviors. You're 100% responsible for teaching people how to treat you. And if you have small ways, as I've given you in many, many episodes, small ways to start bending their behavior, demonstrating what's okay with you, what's not okay, showing that you have boundaries because boundaries have consequences and are non-negotiable. Most people, if one of the biggest things that I find working with my clients is that they're afraid to set a boundary, and particularly afraid to set a boundary with a hijackal because the consequences can be huge. But the consequences of not setting a boundary are much larger, much more far-reaching, and last into the, the annals of your family history. So they need to be looked at right away. And number 13, 14, is they tend to be unmanageable. Now, that's important to know. If you have deemed that you've had the same conversation with a hijackal 10 times and it's never gone well, there's no point having that conversation again. That is an unmanageable conversation. So when you start to say, hmm, that one's in the unmanageable drawer, I'm not entering that one. That one is solid, no win, no go. I don't I don't play that one. Because you do have to choose what you follow. You do have to choose what you respond to. And unmanageable, let that one go. Absolutely. And number 15 is a strange one. It's awkward. They will have awkward behaviors. They... You know, I, I'm doing some work right now on the on the intersection of where people with um, disordered behavior kind of edge with people with um, spectrum behavior, with people with OCD behavior, with various things that all get part of the mix here. And awkward certainly comes up frequently. But when a hijackal feels awkward, you'll usually go to rage or the silent treatment because they know they can't win if they open their mouth. And I did a whole episode in the last six months on why why these people use insults. And it's because they can't use logic. And that's important to understand. So go and look for that one too. 
And if you're looking for my um, uh, my podcast and you're not sure um, where to find it in order, you can go to saveyoursanitypodcast.com and all of the episodes are in order. Or you can get the episodes anywhere you like to get your podcasts. If you'd like to to support this program, you can go to patreon.com slash save your sanity. Or as many people do on Monday nights listening on Facebook and and, uh, YouTube, they use the super likes and support the programming that way. So we've gotten down to number 10, which is awkward. Just plain awkward. And then we have a funny one. I think it's funny because we don't think about being obedient or disobedient. But a hijackle does. A hijackle wants to be obeyed. A hijackle wants to call the shots. A hijackle wants to tell you how how far to jump and when to jump to. And they expect you to do it. And so it is important to think about obedience because if that's part of what your agreement is, you need to have a hard look at that one because being obedient to somebody who is unwell and has crooked thinking and has disordered conduct is not an honest thing to do is to to be obedient to them, right, for sure. You know, I was watching the other day, I was interested in a little program I saw called uh, The Trad Wife. It was on a movement for people, women, to go back to being traditional wives, staying home, keeping a beautiful home, looking after the children, doing all the cooking, doing all the cleaning, doing all the organizing, so that the husband came home to beauty and order and everything taken care of. And the husband's job was to provide and to provide well. But in talking, I realized as I was listening to them, we all know that every role does not fit every person. We all know that Every structure is not right for every person. So whatever it is you're choosing, if you're choosing to be obedient to somebody, make sure that person is healthy. Otherwise, your life will be hellish. And so I wanted to really put some emphasis on that word obedient because it's making its way (coughs) into our language a little bit more. Now, number 17. Ten more. Number 17, you'll find, is petulant. Hijackles like to pout. Hijackles like to, to poor me. Hijackles like to, what about me? Nobody cares about me. And they like to pout. <clears throat> Notice that behavior. Please 
Don't let it be a winning behavior for them. Please do not let them win with their petulance. It's childlike and it's childish. And I've told you before that most hijackals are really, when they get cross or when they think they're crossed, you're going to get a response of a three to seven-year-old, an emotional response of three to seven-year-olds. Now, that's really important to know because they're going to be petulant. They're going to be sulking. They're going, you don't like me. You never like me. I hate you. I'm going in my room. You know, that's three to seven-year-olds. And that's going to happen a lot when you're with a hijackal. So notice these things. Notice the petulance. Notice number 18. They're touchy. One day you say something to them and they're engaged and happy to talk about it. The next day you bring it up again and they want to know why you're talking to me about that. They're touchy because they need to be in charge. They need to be in charge of the dialogue and the situation. So if it worked well yesterday, they are now suspect. What do you want from me? What are you doing? So they'll be touchy and you won't know who you're getting. That's going to happen across the board with hijackals. One day they'll be laughing, mainly probably because you're out with other people and they're endeavoring to look good. And then you see, you do or say the exact same thing at home, and now you get totally different result. Totally different because they're touchy. And we all know that at number 19, they're basically angry. They're angry all the time. The anger that runs through the bottom of their system is just there churning away and happy to be churned up at any time. I've talked a lot about that, so I won't talk more, but it's an important one to realize that if you have, as I say, 27 nasty, sneaky ways that narcissists try to rule the roost, anger is certainly one that you're very, very well aware of, and they, they're disagreeable. <clears throat> they like to be right. So therefore, if they're seen to just to agree with you, they feel equal to you, and they never want that. They never want you to feel equal, and they never want to be equal to you. They always must be more. They must be on top. They must be driving the game. They must be directing what's going on. They must be large and in charge. So you're going to have problems because they're going to be disagreeable just because they need to be the one who is ruling the roost. This really a good list, isn't it, to stop and think. Yeah, <clears throat> there are all these things. There are more. You know, I'm not going through the litany tonight of things hijackals do you know, like future faking and 
gaslighting and all that stuff. I'm just talking about sneaky ways they have of manipulating conversations and the mood in your home and the mood in your relationship. And beyond being disagreeable, they choose to be easily upset. <clears throat> because if they're easily upset, that, of course, must be your fault, right? <laughs> you, it must be you who did that because they were fine and then you did or said something. So they're easily upset and then they easily blame you for that. And now you get a double header. <clears throat> not only were they fine before you did it, but now they're not fine and you're wrong. <laughs> and so the fight is on. The fight is on and you know that these fights can go for quite a while. <clears throat> now, when you have a fight that ends in the hijackal doing the silent treatment, I am always, yay, for that one, because that means you can just enjoy the silence. But one who rages on and on, there's no silence to enjoy. So be careful with that, because they are easily upset. And they are generally bad-tempered. They're not generally happy people, are they? <clears throat> so they're generally bad-tempered, and that's number 22. So they are looking for a fight. They're not looking to make it right. Um, and back in the days when I was doing uh, the Emotional Savvy podcast, and no, there, are, there are over 300 episodes over there for you to I enjoy about creating healthy relationships. You talk about the um, <clears throat> whole idea of being generally bad-tempered. Well, when you're with somebody who's like that, that person needs help, and you need help to stand your ground and know how to resist jumping into their bad temper. The next is disorderly, and I mean that in several ways. I don't mean that they, their closet is not tidy. I mean their thinking is disordered. Things that are logical are not logical. Things that are remembered are remembered incorrectly or conveniently incorrectly. Their, their thinking and their emotions are disordered. Now, that's as far as I can go in saying whether or not they have anything that can be diagnosed. I don't know. I don't know these people. But you know that if you're dealing with someone who is always a little crooked in their thinking, a little bit unable to hold the facts. You know, I, I've had many clients who will play a a recording of a conversation to their hijackal, which is so clear what they said. And the hijackal's response is, I never said that. It's right there on the phone. I never said that. That shows you disordered thinking. You can't do anything with that. You can't change that. But if you have someone in your life constantly demonstrates disordered thinking. Notice that. Stop trying to fix it. 
You can't fix it. You didn't break it. You can't fix it. Right? But when they're showing you disordered thinking repeatedly, you have to deal with it differently. You can't teach them differently. You can't love them out of it. You can't, you can't make a change. That's a big one. Absolutely a big one. And number 24 is they're obstinate. Sometimes they're stubborn, as I said earlier, but obstinate. They do it just to be difficult, just to be difficult. They may have no compelling reason for saying no to you or saying no to your idea. They do it just to be difficult and to make it difficult for you so that they can win and you can lose. They can be good and you can be bad. And they do it repeatedly. And someone who is fractious, and I love that word, fractious, likes to cause trouble and they like to make things difficult. Someone who likes to stir up a fray, someone who likes to get noisy and quarrelsome, someone who likes to jump in and, and jump on your back and make you wrong <clears throat> will create fractious relationships, will have a mentality and a, and a culture in the home of a fractious nature. And that's important to recognize because they can be very obstreperous. That's a wonderful word. Um, and another one to watch out for, obstreperous. They're nasty just to be nasty. And they have that look on their face. They look down their nose with their little hijackle smirk and their little gotcha thing. And that's obstreperous. They are just doing it to go for the win, just doing it to make you feel less. And this is not okay because a hijackal will not submit to any discipline or any control that you might try to put into the relationship by agreement. It just won't happen. And they're lawless. You know, laws are for everybody else, not for them. <clears throat> they are above the law. No matter what that law is, you can find that I often have people of faith who will come and talk to me and they'll say, well, my partner has taken a high position in the church. Yeah. And your partner is being all that they can be that is negative, nasty, and many of the words I've described at home. Yes. Okay. The whole idea is to have power over other people. And when they are, as they sit on church boards or they take church positions, they can have power over other people. And when they are pointed out that their behavior <clears throat> is not the behavior that they're endeavoring to call forth from people in the church, they get very indignant and they get very, very troubled and they cause true fracasness. They truly do. So it's very difficult 
when you're dealing with people of faith who have a hijackal, who is the one who has decided to be the arbiter of all things important in that respect. Maybe one day we'll do a, a whole talk on that and sign up one for people who want to just talk about that, but very important. So a fracas, a noisy, big noisy to do, a quarrel, a scrap, a brawl, whatever kinds of words capture that. You're going to have some scrapping going on. It's going to be a little tit for tat, a little fight, a little unrest. And being with a hijackal is like living on a street where you can trust no one to be safe and everyone is out to hurt you. And that's what it's like every day. And if you have children that are within that realm, you're raising children in a place where a hijackal is trying to rule the roost, keep everybody unhappy, keep everybody uh, in place, keep everybody uncertain, and make everybody bow to their wishes. It's a big problem. So here we've had 27 possibilities that lead to a pretty nasty fracas, a really nasty dust-up, a really horrible way to think about living your life every day. And if you were to find yourself in the brunt of that, and this has made sense to you, think about it deeply. Really think about it. Is this okay with me on any level? Any level at all? There's so many things coming at me. All these things I've talked about. All the things I've talked about in other episodes. Know this. You didn't break them. You can't fix them. They get worse. How are you going to think about that? I know not everybody can leave. I honor that and I respect that. But you can take action. You can get onto safer ground. You can do certain things that will help you. And one of the places that you can find that is to go to relationshipprograms.com. That's where all my books and courses and programs are. Follow through some of those and get some help with that. Come on over and join my emerging empowered community. And lots of people to talk with in the forums and to come to the group calls. <clears throat> so I hope this has helped you add to your vocabulary of things to watch for. And until we talk again, Take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Savior Sanity Podcast today. I hope you've had some insights, ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. 
If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with $1 or $5 each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Also, learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my Emerging Empowered community, subscribe to this podcast, find my books, all by visiting EmergingEmpowered.com. Talk soon.